Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello everybody, welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life with another episode of Live on Purpose Radio. And my guest today is Jeff Shoup. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Dr. Paul. I'm so happy to be here. I'm glad you're here. Folks, Jeff has a background in sales and marketing and customer service. You've been in the business sector for the better part of your entire life, right? Right. I started selling when I was just a high schooler, 17 years of age. I remember walking into a little trailer to sell HBO and Showtime. And the prospecting list was the Uh. phone book. Back when they actually printed the phone books. That's right. Right? Yeah, I was 17. I'm 58 now, so it was a long time ago. So you've been at it for a while, and now with all of that experience, you speak and present and and provide training concepts and a model that you've developed to assist companies or organizations to wrap their head around certain principles. Absolutely, yes. Now, Jeff, you and I connected on principle. And, and by that, I mean, we both understand from our experience that there are certain principles that determine all of life's outcomes. Is that fair? That is fair, definitely. When I was, when I was a young lad in high school, mm-hmm. I had a thing going on. I had an image. And quite frankly, it was Southern California. And I had the football image, the athlete, the jock. Mm-hmm. I had the muscles. Yeah. But I got to tell you. I was scared of people. Oh. I'm probably the last person you would have expected to go into sales and su- succeed at it. They called me stone face around that high school. Really? I was so quiet and awkward socially. That is so interesting, Jeff. And I've heard this from other people too, because it, you see people, for example, who are out there in sales or mm-hmm. or they're successfully, you know, at the front of the room on the stage behind the mic or whatever. And you think, oh, you know, I can't be like them because I've got fears, insecurities. I, I, I don't feel comfortable there. But what you're saying is that was part of your picture, too. Yeah, that was me. Socially awkward, shy. And what I did when I was 17... I wanted to get good at sales. I wanted to get good at communicating. Mm-hmm. I wasn't comfortable with who I was, so I wanted to do something about it. Huh. So to me, sales was a good choice, though it was one heck of a challenge. Uh. And I walked into that phone center. Mm-hmm. I learned that I had to do more than grow up. I had to show, I had more than show up. I had to grow up. Yeah. And it took a lot of work for many years. I learned about a concept years ago called the stretch. And the stretch, you know, for an athlete, stretching is something that helps you to avoid injury, but it also helps to condition your muscles to to do what they need to do, right? right? And it's mildly painful. Okay? Stretching is mildly painful. But it's good for you, mm-hmm. and it helps to increase your capacity. And so I think of of this all the time in terms of what we ask ourselves to do, and it sounds like sales for you was a stretch. 
It definitely was. Every time I would grab a hold of that phone or put myself in front of somebody, mm-hmm. I was expanding my comfort zone, stretching my comfort zone. Right. Which is a nice idea. I've, you've heard a lot, get out of your comfort zone, yes. right? Mm-hmm. Which we are very unlikely to do as human beings. I mean, there's a reason why we call it the comfort zone, right? But you're saying maybe stretch it in, instead of just getting outside of it. Stretch it, enlarge the borders of it, make it bigger. Right, right. I started out when I was that young reading books like yours, Pathological Positively. Of course, you didn't write it huh. back in the 70s, but right. there were other books. One was was called by Maxwell Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics. I mean, our football coach actually did the experiment with shooting the baskets. One group that shot and practiced to improve Another one that just thought about it. The Think System. Yeah. From the music band. They pictured doing it. (laughs) And then another group that was a test group that didn't do anything. And when everybody came back later, the group that had just thought about it, of course, did improve. And it was amazing. And you know, of course, that the group that actually practiced improved as well. Right. I used that in the weight room when I was lifting weights and getting ready to play football. Mm -hmm. Uh, One lesson I learned from somebody who was a great man... When I was a freshman in college, a guy named Jack Baker. Jack Baker was an All-American at Drake University. He was a linebacker. Mm. He was drafted by the Pittsburgh Steelers. He was huge. Mm. I remember him at about six foot seven uh-huh. with huge biceps and everything. Right. He used to work at a meat meat packing plant. He used to end up carrying meat on both shoulders mm. from, to the truck and that sort of a thing. With the Steelers, though, he blew out his knee. Otherwise, he would have been on that Super Bowl team in the 70s. Mm. Jack Ham took over for him. Mm-hmm. But Jack told me, he took me under his wing when I was a freshman because he was a neighbor. And he said, Jeff, what do you want to do? I, and I told him, hey, when I'm a senior in high school, I want to get a college scholarship. I want to have a great senior year. But I was right. all a five-foot eight or nine Mm. and I didn't have muscles and I was slow. And he said, Jeff, I was a skinny kid. You lift weights, you run, you work on it. You keep focused. Mm -hmm. By the way, two rules. Number one is you're going to have people telling you you can't do it. Right. Friends that will tell you and invite you to go different things. Stop working out. Stop doing this. Mm Mm-hmm. The other message is, Jeff, you're going to have these voices in your head that tell you you can't do it. <sighs> See, Jack was my mentor, my guru. And when I was a senior, what he told me to do proved to be true. I exercised those things in the weight room that he taught me, mm-hmm. Maxwell Maltz's book. Everything came to be true, including the college part. So I took wow. that into sales, and I've exercised principles like what you've got in your book all my life. Hmm. You're telling me these things actually work. Absolutely. And you've got enough life experience to back it up. I do, yes. That's what I love about that, Jeff. That is awesome. The interesting challenge in life is, oh, we talked about this once before, it's almost like a cartoon. There's one voice on your right shoulder that's an angel mm. telling you, you can do it. Believe in yourself. You're great. Keep working. Persist. Then there's this other voice, this little character on your left shoulder. And he's kind of the demon or the devil 
Telling you something very and he different. he doesn't just whisper like the angel does. He yells. Mm. You can't do it. What do you, who do you think you are and that sort of a thing? Yeah. And so we have to work out who we're going to listen to. And I read this book of yours three times. It's highlighted. <laughs> it's outlined. There's some great stuff in here. I recommend it for anybody out there. But it's Thank not, you for the plug, Jeff. <laughs> it's not like taking a pill. You got to work on it, right? You know what? I've uh, several episodes ago. I I featured Scott Wilhite, and folks, you guys might recognize Scott's name because he's featured sometimes on the ad section of the show where we promote his app. It's mm-hmm. called the Feed Your Happy app. And he just came out with his book yesterday. He launched his book. We're recording this in the first part of December 2016. And when Scott came out with his book, he said, would you read it and give a little blurb about it and stuff like that? So I, I read his book. Well, we've known forever that happiness is a choice. You've heard that. You've mm-hmm. probably yes. taught it to people. The thing that Scott brings to the conversation that was new and unique is that happiness is a skill Now, when you think about it in those terms, what you just said, Jeff, triggered this for me. If happiness is a skill as well as a choice, you can choose it, but just because you chose it doesn't mean you have the skill. So what if you want to play the piano? What if you want piano skills? Do you go around looking for your piano skills? Or waiting for your piano skills? I mean, people talk about happiness. They're looking for their happiness, right? Right. If it's a choice, you choose it. But if it's a skill, you have to practice it consistently. Yes, sir. Over time. And that's what I heard from you as you were talking about your experience in life. You've tried the principles. You've practiced them over time. They actually work. And just like in that weight room, you you don't choose to be strong well, you do, you choose it, and then you practice to get there. So it's a skill, and it's a skill that can be developed. So I know, and I've heard, I've talked to you several times, Jeff, and, and I've heard you share your, your message and your model that is powerful in helping people to do just that. Can you tell us a little bit about your model? You betcha. When I was a kid, probably 10 years old, my parents gave me a set of bow and arrows. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And we lived in an area of Southern California where there were open fields. And one thing that fascinated me was when I pulled back that bow and arrow and just let it fly high into the air, I was amazed at how far it went, how far and how high. Yeah. I was hooked on archery. Uh Uh And I learned from archery like I learned in football, like I learned in baseball as well. Ready, aim, fire. That's my model. Ready, prepare. Now that may sound simple, but prepare is everything that an archer does for perhaps months and years and thousands of hours of practicing. Mm -hmm. It's Michael Jordan shooting the shot in the game and actually practicing those shots a thousand times a day or whatever he did from the balls of his feet to jumping and getting him in the hoop to a person like Tom Brady. I mean, mm-hmm. he practices hours and hours and hours and months and months and years and years to get good at what he does. 
And that's what an archer does. So ready, prepare, aim. Well, when an archer pulls back on a bow, mm -hmm. their eyes are focused on what? A bullseye. The target. There's no other option. Okay? It's the, it's the bullseye. And, well, of course, the yes. preparation was all the practice that went into making that arrow hit that bullseye. And Michael Jordan, of course, think about him. Mm -hmm. Whenever he shot a, a basket or he practiced, what was he aiming at? Mm. Ball going through the hoop. And I, Tom Brady, obviously, like football. Sure. It's the numbers on the jersey of his receivers. Okay? And in sales, I've seen so many people that, you know, they put to, in fact, I was with a company today. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me get to fire first. Ready okay. and fire. Fire is when the arrow comes off, it explodes out of there. When Michael Jordan shoots, he's jumping and he's exploding off the balls of his feet. When Tom Brady says, hut, 11 men are moving forward and exploding off the ball. Mm. And I was talking with a company today and I was reminded of the fact that when it comes to people hitting goals, whether it's sales or customer service or whatever your goal in life is, right? the goal is something big. It's out there. It might be a year away, like the company I was talking to today. Mm -hmm. They had me talk to a bunch of their salespeople, and they presented me their goals for 2017. The interesting thing I saw was that the people that have hit their goals this year and exceeded in 2016 mm -hmm. are people that could see the bullseye in their mind, right. could feel the feeling, if you will. Mm -hmm. They were very specific, detailed, and clear about how they were going to hit those goals and what specifically those targets are. Yes. The other guys, not so clear. When an archer is going to win a contest, that's the goal. Mm -hmm. But in order to win the contest, whether it's sales or customer service or archery, the focus is on the target one by one. And right. That's the way it is with sales, and that's why these guys succeed so well. They focus on each and every target on the way to the major goal. Right. Nice model and a good analogy that I think we can use to expand this conversation. Folks, this is Jeff Shoup at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. You all know that I'm excited about positive psychology. Finally, there is an app that is available to help you feed your happy. My friend Scott Wilhite developed this app. Scott, tell us about it. Well, uh, it's called Feed Your Happy. It's like seven habits meets the Fitbit, where you get mm, mental training it. on seven core skills to happiness, and you get the tracking ability too, so that you can chart. Anything you chart improves faster. If you like apps, if you like games, if you like happy, this is it. Feed Your Happy, it's available now in the App Store. And welcome back. Jeff Shoup at Live On Purpose Radio today. Jeff, it's always fascinating for me to talk to people who have the rich experience that you have. Uh, this master salesman. It's like you decided at 17, I'm going to go into sales and then bam, you just nailed it, right? <laughs> no. 
Definitely oh, not. Really? Like I said, I learned that I had to do more than show up. I had to grow up. Walk us through that. I, what was betcha. the experience? Of course, I did go to college. In college, I kept selling. I kept working customer service and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. But it was awkward. I failed a lot, Dr. Paul. You failed? I failed a lot in sales, which is natural. I still made ends meet because I was a hard worker and I kept trying. And, you know, I would have my victories and my failures and that sort of a thing. And that's part of sales. Hmm. It's kind of like baseball. Well, you see me over here grinning because I've talked to a lot of successful people. And you're another one on that list of successful people that I've talked to. And it is absolutely 100% consistent that failure, the way we traditionally define it, Mm -hmm. is part of the recipe. Absolutely. Wow. You found that as well. Right. But the ingredients that worked for me and what I persisted at every year was to continue to try to get back up. Right. I mean, just love the quote by Rocky in the the movie Balboa where he talking to his kid and he says, you know, it's not, it's not how hard you can hit that counts. It's how, it's how hard you can get hit and keep getting up and moving forward. Well, I right. kept getting hit. You know, I made ends meet for many years. I had to work a sales job, maybe a part-time customer service job, a part-time, even janitorial. I've had to clean bathrooms, but I did what I had to do, which is I kept reading books like Dr. Maltz's, mm-hmm. Psycho-Cybernetics, Magic of Thinking Big, all those books. I've read hundreds of them. They mm-hmm. helped me transform my mind and my yeah. whole psyche from one of perhaps a little bit of noxious negativity to one of you know, pathological positivity. I like the <laughs> word you picked. Another your book there. Ah. <laughs> You but, know what? You were, you were training yourself to operate the equipment. Right. Our mind is so powerful. And I would take sales trainings, and I would go to seminars. I mean, the, yes. the Zig Ziglers and all those people, I've listened to them so many times, the tapes, the books. Mm-hmm. I kept just putting it in my head. And, but I kept getting better and better. But from the time I was 17 till sometime in my 30s, I probably went through over 100 different jobs. And of course, we're including the cleaning of the toilets thing. Right. I mean, I would step into a sales job that I didn't fit in. I would have some successes here and some successes there. But it wasn't until much later that I finally got it together and I became successful as sales as judged by the position that I had, which was for one company, um, manager of North and South, North and South American sales mm. and a six figure income and all that stuff that goes with it. I finally got good at it because I persisted, but I kept putting those good things in my mind. Those are my gurus. This wasn't me. My mm. other guru, of course, was my wife. Right. And my advice to anybody out there who is trying to be a better salesperson and is going through some of the things that I did. Number one, failure is part of the game. Just keep learning, keep persisting, keep getting back up, but keep putting that good stuff like pathological positivity again in your mind <laughs> and all those other books. Keep going to trainings. 
record yourself. Practice, practice, practice. Practice works. Ready, aim, fire. You'll get good at it. Focus on those targets. Be patient with yourself. The failure thing gets us stuck sometimes, huh? I, I've seen that. It's not that people can't do it. It's that sometimes when they try it and experience that failure, they stop trying. They give up. They, they conclude that they can't do it. Well, they don't have enough experience to even be able to say that. No, no. But it feels that way in the moment. It, it does. I mean, we hear about comedians. I love comedians because they're so good up in front of people. Mm-hmm. But I've known about so many of them that had to fail, fail, fail. Right. To get good at their craft. I mean, one of my greatest heroes in comedy was Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. But I happen to know a lady that was on stage with him back in the San Francisco area when, before he ever did Mark and Mindy. Mm. And she would walk out on stage after him and there would be puddles of sweat that they would have to sweep up oh. because he was so nervous about what he was doing. Yes. Same with Tim Allen. Uh, one time she was backstage with the rest of the comedians and Tim had come off. He'd just done a great set mm-hmm. and he was upset. And all the other comedians back there said, what are you so upset about? You just did great. And he said, look at that guy back there with his arms crossed and the scowl on his face. I couldn't get him to loosen up. Right. You see, Tim focused on that one guy, but the rest of the audience was cracking was up. busting a gut. Yeah, he had kind of a, a little bit of a some personal esteem things to overcome. Right. Um, you know, failure is part of virtually everything we do. I mean, a salesperson doesn't come out of the womb and say, yo, here I am. Right. It's like we were talking about earlier. There's a skill set involved. Mm-hmm. Any skill set, just like playing the piano, yeah. is going to require practice. And not just a practice session. We're talking repeated practice over time, consistently, mm-hmm. until you build mastery. You know Scott Halford. Yes. Um, you and I had a chance to hear him speak recently. And, and folks, Scott's going to be on the show at some point. Um, he's an expert on brain science and neurochemistry. And he, he shared with us how our brain operates very differently depending on what chemistry is involved. But one of the things that he said was a thousand repetitions. Do you remember something about that, Jeff? A thousand repetitions to develop what I call a new neural pathway. Yes, yes. It's not going to feel normal, natural, automatic to you until you've got at least a thousand repetitions. Right. I don't know what that means in sales. I don't know if it means a thousand sales calls or a thousand jobs in sales before you you did. How many? How many jobs did I have? Yeah. I lost count. Somewhere at around a hundred. Right. I mean, which is just disgusting. But if you think about it, I was really good at selling myself to the person that was interviewing me to get the job. Jeff, you got a whole (laughs) lot of practice, didn't you? Yes. But you see, people that have that challenge out there, they can get through this faster than I can. Focus on those books. Focus on the practice. Get the attitude right like this book talks about. Get that feeling. Yes. And they can do it faster. Turn off the TV. Stop wasting time. 
you know, okay, oh, right, fine. Watch the local football game and the pro football <laughs> game once in a while, but don't don't waste your life too well, much. Well, there's a deep. difference, Jeff, between wholesome entertainment and mindless leisure. Yes. And one is a principle that actually contributes to your mental health, and the other one just steals your time. So I'll let you guys figure out which one's which. <laughs> You know what? As you talk about the books, I just had a an insight as you were as you were sharing. You know that you read Maxwell Maltz, and you you were a a consumer of personal development literature that was written by experts, yeah. people with experience, people who have gone through things that you don't have to go through if you've got enough wisdom to learn from their experience. Some of us are so stubborn, we have to learn it for ourselves. Yep. That's very time-consuming, isn't it? It is, yes. What a blessing it is that we have the words of experts condensed into a format that we can get it quick. You don't have to spend 40 years doing this. Now, you got to spend whatever time it's going to take to practice the skill set. But I think what I'm hearing from you, Jeff, is take advantage of the collection of wisdom that is already there and be humble enough to trust that maybe, maybe they know something that you don't. Yes, indeed. I often think of Zig Ziglar, who is one of my heroes. Mm. And he went through quite a bit of his life, I understand, with challenges in sales. Sure. And then ultimately he became successful and, be, and, and shared that with others and coached and taught and spoke and that sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of my heroes. Napoleon Hill in his books. Tom Hopkins in his books. I mm-hmm. mean, I could go on and name dozens and dozens, if not a hundred different authors. Which has put you in a position, Jeff, to fill that role as well as we're having this conversation. Folks, as you're listening to this, do you feel inspired by Jeff, by his experience? And that, not to create any pressure, Jeff, but... <laughs> It's sometimes a burden, but it's also this, this choice, rich gift to be able to share our experience with those who are, who are coming up in the ranks um, so that maybe we can save them a little time and a little pain if, if they'll learn the principle the faster way. <laughs> yes. Right? That's why I'm a big fan of literacy. But also... Uh, you know I'm also very passionate about people sharing their gifts through the spoken word, through writing, through whatever it takes for you to share that gift. And, and you've shared a gift with us here today, Jeff. Thank you for that. And thank you for having me. I, I'm suspecting that there are some members of our audience who might want to follow up with you, who follow you, find you, invite you to come and speak or train them to save a little time and pain. Uh, how can people get a hold of you, Jeff? <laughs> Thank you for asking. Glad to yeah. share it. I love opportunities like that. Website, quite simple, jeffshoop.com. Oh, that's S- easy. S-H-O-O-P. Jeff, spelled the way you'd expect it to be, shoop, S-H-O-O-P.com. Awesome. Well, Jeff, this has been fun. And my, my basic theory is if we're having fun, we're doing it right. <laughs> I agree. What would you share as kind of a parting thought with our listeners as we sign off today? 
parting thought would be, I'm going to share your message, the title of your radio show, Live on Purpose. Uh, Everything is a choice, and we do have the power, a response, ability on how we deal with challenges and problems. I love it. Because either we're living on purpose or life is pushing us around. Let's get clear about our choice. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff, for being on the show. Everybody, it is time to go out there and live on purpose. Purpose.